0: It's Your Life, as sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to The James Cooley Show. It's Your Life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now here's the host of "It's Your Life," James Cooley. Hello, welcome to "It's
1: Your Life." I'm James Cooley, and wow, just like uh, my producer always tell me, it's baby Friday or little Friday or uh,
2: either something. one of those Friday Junior. It, uh, you got you work the word Friday in James, just seems closer. Yeah, it is. But uh, just like I always tell my
1: great producer, Noah Dingley, that we have to worry about Thursday. And uh, my friend, we have had some fantastic shows all week long. Good week of shows. And we got a extremely fantastic show tonight. It's a little bit serious because uh, we're dealing with uh, uh, cancer. Uh, We're dealing with uh, issues. We're dealing with heart and we're dealing with grief. We're dealing with things that we don't understand. But I believe that if we understand the basis of some things that are happening, it doesn't ease the pain, but it, it gives us knowledge and it gives us an opportunity to work with that. A little bit.
3: Yes, you know, um, the best thing is about educating um, the audience about just this um this this cancer that uh, we have uh, our guest who's going to talk about it and the research behind it and the the go and the mission to find a cure regarding multiple myeloma.
1: Multiple myeloma, and you know what, Uh, Noah, we had this young lady on uh, about, I guess, seven, eight months ago when I was doing the show with uh, Ray Leonard Jr., and uh, we talked about this topic, and it it just been on my heart uh, ever since we discussed that, and I, I had to reach out to her to get more information because at that time, I think we were doing shows with multiple people, like two and three, and you cannot put a message out uh, that deserved a show by itself. So with Anne Quinn Young, uh, she is, I mean, of course, she's on the East Coast. I think she's in Connecticut, and and she's staying up a little late tonight uh, to share this topic with us. And, man, I tell you, this is something, Noah, down your heart. I know your heart. You know my heart. Uh, We had to talk about it.
2: Yeah, cancer in, in any form is a huge deal. And so to be able to, as you and Michelle both said, to get the awareness out there and also to give her this entire show to break all of the particulars down, this is invaluable. And we have to make sure that people are paying attention and are uh, ready to learn.
1: And uh, uh, we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to go in detail. And she got. Four segments. All four segments. This is a wonderful woman, and Michelle going to introduce her in a few minutes when ask she tell about the purpose. But you know, I'm a little down tonight. Nora. Um Michelle is going to be heading in New York tomorrow, uh, but it's a great thing. It's a great thing, and I probably should not be down. She haven't seen her mother since pre-COVID, and now everybody got their shots. And
2: so she got an opportunity to travel,
3: but she leaving me for eight days. No, I man, you cried I about know, it I,
2: I guess I'm going to be getting a lot of phone calls.
3: <laughs> I am excited to go back home. Um, Originally from the city, born and raised, and I can't wait to see my mom, my brother, my nieces and nephews. I'm an East Coast girl. I'm uh, through and through. I don't care where <laughs> I live.
1: <laughs> and you know, I tell you, and uh, I am so happy. And me and my dog, we're gonna get through this one. Uh the the next eight days. I don't think I've been away from my wife ever for eight days. Uh but uh You'll I, get through it, my friend. You'll get through I, it. I, you know, I'm looking forward to it. But, man, I am so locked into this show. And I listen to the audience. If you want to be part of this conversation and learn about uh, multiple myeloma and, and talk with Ann, Quinn, Young, you can call in live at 1-888-344-1170. Again, that's one 344 1170 Yes. Michelle. Uh, can you tell our listening audience uh, the purpose of today's show?
3: The purpose of today's show is to educate the audience on what is multiple myeloma, to learn what the Multiple Myeloma Research Foundation does, to learn about crin- clinical trials to find a cure for this disease, and learn about the challenges of research and fundraising to find a cure.
1: Can you introduce our, our fantastic guest, please?
3: Yes. Anne Quinn Young, MPH, is the brand president at the MMRF and is responsible for overseeing the strategy and execution of the organization's marketing, communications, patient engagement, and fundraising efforts in support of the organization's mission to accelerate precision medicine and a cure for every patient. Anne has been named to the Pharma Voice 100 and represents the MMRF on a number of working groups and committees, including the direct to patient solutions team at the Harvard Business School, craft medicine, craft precision medicine accelerator and the cancer support community. Frankly speaking about cancer, multiple myeloma national advisory board. She has co-authored a number of peer-reviewed abstracts and publications on the MMRF precision medicine model and identifying knowledge gaps and opportunities to improve patient empowerment and engagement in optimizing their own outcomes. Prior to joining, joining the MMRF in 2002, She was consulted in the healthcare practice of Data Monitor, a global market research and business intelligence company. She previously worked in healthcare public relations at Burson, Marsteller, and the Chandler Chico Agency, following a postgraduate internship at the Department of Justice, Antitrust, Antitrust Division. Anne has a Master's of Public Health from the Mailman School of Public Health of Columbia University and graduated cum laude from Dartmouth College with a Bachelor of Arts in Government. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, proudly presents Anne Quinn Young.
1: Welcome to the show, Anne. How are you doing today, my friend?
4: I am, I am good. Next time we need to get your shorter bio, though. But thank you so much for having me. It is it really is such a pleasure and such an honor. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Well, it, it, you know, the bio speaks for itself, so it doesn't have to be short. I mean, this is all about uh, you educating our listening audience. and uh, so, But they need to understand who you are. So we didn't cut anything out the bio. <laughs> and can you tell our listening audience uh, a little bit about your background, where you're from, and who you are?
4: Sure. So, I, I think you heard a, a bit about me from my bio, my bio. I've been at the Multiple Myeloma Research Foundation now for over 18 years. Um, my role now as brand president means that it's my responsibility to ensure that everything we do, whether it's a clinical trial, whether it's a marketing campaign, whether it's a fundraising event, all has to be done according to and consistent to with what we stand for, and that means being patient centric. Always putting patients first, always being urgent to address their needs, and being results focused so that we're always driving progress for patients. So I work closely with our founder and chief mission officer, Kathy and also our CEO, to make sure that we're also keeping a laser focus on our mission, and our mission is to accelerate a cure for each and every myeloma patient.
3: Wow. So, Anne, who founded the Multiple Myeloma Research Foundation, and why did they um, create this um, organization?
4: So, the Multiple Myeloma Research Foundation was co-founded by identical twin sisters, Kathy Juicy and Karen Andrews. Kathy was diagnosed with <coughs> excuse me, multiple myeloma at age 37, just over 25 years ago. And at the time, there had been no advances in 30 years. Their grandfather had died of the disease, and she was offered the very same treatment that he had been given 30 years ago. Um, so she had a one-and-a-half-year-old and was told, you know, get your affairs in order. You might live three years. At the time, she was running worldwide operations for a pharmaceutical company, and she looks into the pipelines of all the different companies say there must be something out there. This, this can't be. How can there be this cancer? There's been nothing done. You know, we, the war on cancer had been declared 20-odd years earlier, so how could there be this cancer where there had been no progress? But indeed, that was the case. So she is not one to sit back and just <laughs> take that news and say, okay, I'm, <clears throat> I'm done. She wanted to see her daughter go to kindergarten and so she decided to start an organization to jump start research in a disease that again had seen very little progress it's rather uncommon the, the incidence the number of patients being diagnosed has gone up over the years but it's still relatively small compared to a breast cancer prostate cancer there's only about thirty thousand people um, and at the time the national cancer institute which is the largest funder of cancer research in the country by far, my was, the funding was a drop in the bucket. So she thought, okay, I'm gonna galvanize all my resources, raise as much money as I can, and get it into research right away to make sure that there's new treatments coming for me and every other patient. So she obviously outlived that prognosis. She's still alive today. She still serves as our chief mission officer, setting our vision, setting the strategy. And I have to say, she works as hard as ever because we've seen, and we can talk a little bit more about this, we've seen tremendous, tremendous progress. It's a very different disease than it was 18 years ago, but it's still incurable. It's still a wow. fatal disease. And that's unacceptable.
1: It is totally unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're going to take a station break, but. We're gonna come back. And we really gonna get an opportunity, our listener audience, to get a better understanding of multiple myeloma. And we got our great guest,
0: and Quinn Young. It's your life I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley.
5: Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold.
0: It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's
1: your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and i, I tell you, we are talking about a very serious uh, topic tonight, and I, I think our listeners need to understand that uh, this could happen in our family. It could happen to anybody, and we need to be educated on certain type of cancers. And the counselor that we're talking about tonight is what, Michelle?
3: Multiple myeloma.
1: We're talking about multiple myeloma. And we got an expert. I met a person that's been working in this, in her organization for 18, almost 20 years. And and she putting out some uh, extremely information that I think we all need to understand. If you want to be part of the conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. 344 Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy.
3: And what is multiple myeloma, and what factored into your decision to become part of MMRF?
4: So multiple myeloma is a blood cancer. It's actually the second most common blood cancer ap- after non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, but that said, it's very uncommon. Um, as I mentioned earlier. About 30,000 new patients are diagnosed every year. That means in the U.S., there's about 150,000 people living with the disease. So if it's a, it's a cancer of the plasma cell, which is part of your immune system, the same um, plasma, your healthy plasma cells produce the antibodies that help you fight off infections. So what happens with multiple myeloma is you have these malignant plasma cells and they crowd out with all the healthy cells in your bone marrow. So meaning crowding out platelets, healthy red blood cells, healthy white blood cells, they can also clog up your kidneys. Um, so it's not something visible or easily pictured like a solid tumor, but it can certainly wreak havoc on your body. So my, It's funny, my decision to join the organization, I had heard of multiple myeloma before, um, a, f- a friend of mine, I worked, uh, I used to work in healthcare public relations, had gone to a company that, funny enough, was producing the first new treatment that the the disease had seen in many, many years. So she was really, really excited to be part of that team. Um, at the same time, a woman that I had gone to graduate school with was diagnosed with the disease when I was interviewing. Um, and so it was kind of these, this funny thing where multiple myeloma kept popping up in my life, but at the end of the day, it was because um, of the opportunity to work with Kathy Juicy, the founder. Um, she She still is very atypical in the nonprofit world, someone with a business background, someone who runs the organizations like a business, and she had a vision to accelerate new treatments and cure this disease, and she had a plan. It wasn't just, oh, this is what I would like to do. She actually had a, a plan to get that done. And 18 years later, we've made tremendous, tremendous progress. So that continues to help inspire us. But at the same time, we can see that there's still that need and we're getting closer and closer and closer. Um, so it's, we're propelled by the progress, but also by that continued need.
2: Producer Noah here, and and I was wondering, because I've had different types of cancer in my family, and, you know, obviously, they're all a little different. With multiple myeloma, is there a certain group of individuals that maybe has a higher percentage of contracting this form of cancer?
4: Yep, absolutely. So, multiple myeloma um, tends to affect older people, first of all. Um, so, the fact that Kathy or, or the woman I went to graduate school were diagnosed in their thirties is highly unusual. Most patients are 60s, 70s, you know, even older. Um, It does disproportionately affect men. So men have almost twice the risk of women. And then the other group that's disproportionately affected is the black population. So um, particularly black men, but black women as well have about twice the risk of developing multiple myeloma.
2: And how many people each year are diagnosed with this disease?
4: about 30,000.
3: So, Ann, what are the symptoms of multiple myeloma?
4: So that's the tricky part is a lot of the symptoms are pretty general, um, low um, red blood cell count. So people are anemic, they feel tired, low white blood cell counts. They're you know getting sick all the time. Um, bone pain, um, and particularly because the population tends to be older, it's often misdiagnosed as, oh, you you know you strained your back, you're working out too hard, or you have osteoporosis. Um, the 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 thing though about multiple myeloma versus a solid tumor, for example, where to really understand what's going on, you need an invasive biopsy. With multiple myeloma, there's protein in your blood um so a simple physical an annual physical if if you're especially if you're over say 45 or have other risks like it was in your family your doctor should be checking your protein level every year so that's what i would say to the general population to make sure that when you're getting your physical you ask your doctor about your protein level you see an elevation there you may be slightly anemic then it it's pretty easy to progress to a possible diagnosis. The other thing is that um, there, is, there are precursor conditions, meaning there are conditions, um, the earliest, earliest of which is mostly benign, that takes place before multiple myeloma. So one of, that, one of those conditions is called MGUS, or monoclonal gammopathy of undetermined significance, um, but MGUS for short. And that affects millions and millions of people. And again, most people live with this and and have their protein levels checked yearly, but they live a perfectly normal life. That said, over time, about 20% of those people will go on to develop multiple myeloma. Um, So it is really important, again, especially if you're in one of the risk groups, to be asking about your protein level. And it may be, again, a benign condition, but you want to stay on top of it in case it does progress.
1: Wow. You know, uh, I think our listening audience is probably in shock uh, and they're probably wondering, is there a treatable uh, multiple myeloma? And what are the options available to uh, the patients?
4: Absolutely. So when we started, again, there, there had been really no treatments except for high dose, archaic, traditional chemotherapy. Um, and and high-dose steroids. Um, Today, funny enough, those are still part of our armamentarium of treatments, but there have been 15 new treatments approved in the last 18 years, less than 18 years for multiple myeloma. Um, And most of the classes of treatments are specific to multiple myeloma. So what's really exciting in the last couple of years, and a lot of these New treatments are in clinical trials now are immunotherapy and I'm sure a lot of listeners have heard you know what immunotherapy has done for lung cancer for melanoma these cancers that were extremely deadly patients are now living much longer because of these treatments that help the immune system fight off the cancer so there's still treatments that work quite well that target the myeloma cell target the tumor directly but this new um, this new generation of therapies is often used in combination with the older generation. Again, really helps your own immune system fight off the cancer.
1: What uh, should someone do if they have any concerns as what you just said?
4: Definitely talk to your doctor and, and, and really, and, and I would say this for really anything any medical condition that you're, you're concerned about. I think we've seen in the past, you know, 15 months, um, how very, very important it is to speak up, you know, to get tested, um, to ask the right questions, to self advocate. Um, it, it's, it's so, so very important because especially with this disease, it is treatable and there are so many, treatment options out there, but because of the effects it can have in your body, if you you don't find it, unfortunately, I I still hear of patients who are diagnosed because they're in kidney failure, and it doesn't have to progress that far, or there's multiple, multiple broken bones. Um, It doesn't have to be that way, so certainly, you know, speak up now that it's safe safer to go to the doctor. Um, It's really important to say something.
1: Wow, you know, this is so much information uh, to digest, but I believe that uh, we and our listening audience need to understand that uh, there are a lot of challenges and comeback comeback in this disease and a a lot of fundraising challenges that we're going to talk about. We're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back and continue this important discussion. With Anne Quinn Young. It's Your Life from James Cooley.
0: There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution.
5: Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold.
0: The Answer, San Diego. Streaming now on TuneIn.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley.
1: Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And as I mentioned, that uh, we're talking about a very, very serious topic. Uh, we're talking about a rare form of council. Uh, that's called, uh, multiple myeloma. And we got Anne Quinn Young, who is, is helping us to get a better understanding of what this is. And basically, uh, what I, what I know of it and just, uh, talk, it's, it's a, a blood cancer, uh, that, uh, uh, kind of, uh, affect the bone marrow. It's more prevalent in African American, uh, especially men and uh life expectancy, as we know, and I don't know members here don't know is how you take care of yourself and how you go about uh checking with the doctors getting the the annual physicals and examinations so all of these things are so important that we listen to this great woman and that uh we take heed because it could ha- happen to any of us uh and so uh if you want to be part of the conversation, that's one eight eight eight. Three four four eleven seven. Again, that's one 888 8, 8, 8,
3: And what are the challenges in fundraising and research as it pertains to the disease?
4: So I, funny enough, I'd say this, the one connection between those two is the fact that it is relatively uncommon. Um, again, there's only about 30,000 new patients diagnosed each year Um, versus millions who are diagnosed with, say, breast cancer or prostate cancer. Um, The other thing about multiple myeloma is that it's highly heterogeneous. That means that it's very different from patient to patient. I meet patients with so many different symptoms, so many different responses to treatment. Some treatments work for some patients, not for others. And it's it requires a lot of data, and I can talk a little bit more about this than what we're doing, but a lot of data from a lot of patients to make sense of it. Um, but on the fundraising side, because it is uncommon, and because it does affect populations that haven't traditionally been, you know, great advocates, um, it also hasn't wasn't hasn't been well understood until recently. Unfortunately, I've still heard of cases where Individuals aren't even found to have had it until they pass away, and the autopsies show it. Um, so we're we're raising awareness. Um, there are a number of, you know, fairly well-known individuals who have the disease or ha- have had the disease. Tom Brokaw, for example, and when he n- announced his diagnosis a few years ago, it re- it really because of his. Um, stature, especially because he's so representative of the disease, it helps raise awareness a little bit more so that helped. Um, and then on the research side, it's interesting because even though um, it's, it, it's still not cured because we've had so many, so many new treatments, now some companies are like, whoa, I don't know if I want to bring my treatment forward in multiple myeloma. There's too many drugs there. It, it may just not be lucrative for me. Um, so we need to keep convincing the companies to come forward and to say, look, there's still a need. We, we certainly in a market for your for your treatment.
3: Wow. Can you explain the importance of clinical trials and other MMRF supported programs?
4: Absolutely. Um, so as I mentioned, because multiple myeloma is so heterogeneous because it does differ from patient to patient. We need to um, gather the data from as many patients as possible. And again, when you have a more common cancer, you know, um, there could be thousands, tens of thousands of patients at a single cancer center. That's not the, the case with multiple myeloma. It's dispersed and patients don't, patients aren't at one particular place. So what we've tried to do is to build data sets that are representative of the entire population. So I described to you, mostly older people, disproportionately affects men, disproportionately affects the black community. So how do we build a data set that really represents the population so that we start to understand, you know, who are the different types of myeloma? Who's at highest risk for aggressive disease? At the same time, from day one, we have been very much focused on accelerating new treatments. Um, So we funded research at academic centers. We partner with pharmaceutical companies on clinical trials. Um, We even fund um, companies that have promising new treatments that are biotech companies say, hey, we'll provide you funding. We'll give you access to our data. We'll give you access to our experts. And in return, you know, we, we need you to start developing your treatment in, in our disease because the last thing we want is for patients to run out of options.
2: And speaking of options, Anne, producer nowhere, again, I know there's a lot of information, a lot of what we've been speaking about and so much more on the website for MMRF. And there's probably three main categories that are on that website, which is immune, immunotherapy Investment in data. Now, I, that might seem like foreign language to people. Can you kind of break that down for our listeners?
4: Absolutely. So, what you're referring to are the three main areas of focus for the organization. Yes. So, the first one, immunotherapy. Um, those are the the treatments that, again, are that next generation of treatments. They've transformed other cancers. Myeloma is a is a disease of the immune system, so it only makes sense to. How do we bring those treatments forward? Um, we've seen, if, if you're familiar with something called CAR T-cell therapy, which is cutting-edge treatment. The first one was just FDA-approved in, in multiple myeloma. Those are working in patients who literally don't respond to anything else. Um, the response time is, not, is only about a year. So what we're trying to do is how do we build on that? How do we extend that, that period of response? The other, the second focus in terms of investment is making sure that we're continually attracting new companies to the field. Um, If there's a company out there that has something that could benefit our patients, we we approach the company. We say, "What will it take to pull to take to have you develop your treatment in multiple myeloma? Whether it's funding, whether it's access to data, access to patients, access to experts." We are, we are constantly scouring the landscape to make sure that there's no stone unturned. And then finally, on the data side, um, we have long been focused in this area. In fact, um, we launched something called our Compass Study 10 years ago at the same time that the government was funding these genome mapping um, studies across different cancers. Of course, multiple myeloma was not one of the first, I think, 15 cancers that they were prioritizing so we said we're going to do it ourselves. Um, and in there we under, we started to understand genomically, um, you know what are what are the genetic mutations that are associated with high risk disease? What are genetic re- mutations that may be associated with very good risk disease? Um, how do we identify new targets for drug development? All of that you need data and thats patients raising their hand, you know, being generous and saying, look, I'm I'm gonna be part of something to help um, move progress forward for all patients.
2: And that's why this awareness is so critical.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. And where we're focused now is how do we start answering some of those more patient, I say clinically patient focused questions? So we, our next data initiative that we launched just before um, I had been on the show last fall is called the Cure Cloud. And with the Cure Cloud, instead of patients having to go to the cancer center and fill out lengthy forms, they can join from the comfort of their own home, which was certainly very convenient during a pandemic. Um, They basically say, you know what, I consent to sharing my data. They can share their data directly from their portal their electronic medical record it goes into a huge warehouse with eventually 5000 other patients so that we can look at clinical data genomic data eventually immune data to say okay if i'm a patient who has these characteristics whether they're demographics you know their sex their race their age and then their genomic subtype to say okay i'm i'm going to sit down with my doctor And figure out the best treatment for me, I can go into this database, find patients who look exactly like me, figure out what they did, and make a better decision for my own care. So that's our vision, to to be able to bring together vast amounts of patient data so that every patient can look look for other patients like them and make the best decisions.
2: That should give a lot of people some great sense of encouragement.
5: Yes.
4: We hope. We hope. And, and the <laughs> other thing that CureCloud does is we, we actually give uh, reports back to patients of what, um, what what's called their genetic alterations, genetic mutations are. Um, and often there's mutations for which there are specific treatments. And this is cutting edge technology that's typically only offered at big cancer centers. But now any patient anywhere in the United States, doesn't matter where they live, where they're treated they can get access to this technology and this data.
1: Wow. You know, and I got a a two part question Uh, and uh, the MMFR mission is to drive a cure for each and every uh, multiple myeloma patient. You know, how is this achieved? And also how does the patient contribute to the success and what are their roles?
4: So um, We haven't we haven't gotten to a cure yet, but because we say a cure for each and every patient, because there's not just one cure, um, there are some cancers where there's one treatment that can cure ninety odd percent of patients. Unfortunately, multi is not one of those. So we we're not stopping at one type of patients being cured. We want every single patient cured, and that means generating the data. And continuing to push forward new and better treatments for every patient, and you know, using the data to figure out which treatment is right for which patients. Um, patients play a, a tremendous role, all the way from raising awareness to fundraising to participating in research. We've had we've um, been involved with about eighty different early stage clinical trials with the foundation. And that means thousands and thousands of patients have raised their hand to be part of those trials. In our data efforts so far, we have close to 2,000 patients. We have a a repository of tissue samples. Again, multiple myeloma is in the bone marrow. So to really see what's going on, you need to do a bone marrow biopsy and get some some tissue, what we call tissue. Um, We have like tens of thousands of patient samples. When patients need a diagnostic bone marrow, they say, you know what, take that one extra. If you can imagine that one extra pull, I'm going to donate that for research. Patients, it's unbelievable what they've done and what they've committed just to help advance, to help advance progress, most likely for other patients, not even directly for themselves.
1: Wow. You know, uh, I tell you, educating us, you're educating us. you educate, educating our listeners. So we are got to take a station break. but. We're going to come back and continue to have this great conversation. My heart is torn listening to this, but uh, it's something that we all must know. So we're going to come back and continue our discussion with Anne, Quinn Young. It's your life. I'm James Cooley.
0: There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley.
5: Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. FM
0: 96.1 North County and AM
4: 1170 San Diego. The answer.
0: It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley.
1: Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. and uh, We got Ann Quinn Young who's educating us on this uh uh, cancerous, uh, disease called multiple myeloma. And it's, uh, uh, it's a blood, uh, cancer. And it's, uh, basically stored in the bone marrow. And, uh, I tell you, a lot of things that she's been talking about tonight, I mean, educating And I had her on the show about six, seven months ago. But I'm really learning a whole lot about this. And I think that, uh, uh, our listeners, which you are, uh, you need to take and if you want to be part of this conversation, that's one Again, that's one 888
3: And can you tell us how your role within this foundation has inspired you?
4: You know, I am so fortunate in my role. Actually, throughout my any role that I've had in the organization that I get to speak to patients. Pretty much on a on a daily basis, and it reinforces why we're here. Um, and I have met so many amazingly inspiring people that show such tremendous courage and strength and perseverance. I have met families whose devotion and love for Um, their family member has been diagnosed with this is something that I can only dream of if I'm ever diagnosed with a disease like this. So it's been, it's been a gift. And, and honestly, it, it puts, it really helps put things into perspective as well. When you see again, what some of these patients live through, what the disease can do to to their bodies. And then the treatments too Um, Unfortunately, some of them are are still pretty toxic and and patients feel sick. Yet, the hope, the optimism, the strength, I I mean, I I can't say anything, but it's just been such a gift.
2: Yeah, I know that sounds very inspirational, and I'm glad you get to, to, to feel that strength on a daily basis. Maybe, is there a particular success story since you've been alongside of this for, you know, for this period of time that really just stands out above others that you're like, Hey, th- you know what, this, this is why, this is why I do this.
4: Oh my gosh. It, there's so many. Actually one thing does occur to me. So I, I, was, I had an email today from someone who I met um, pretty much a few months after I started at the organization. And he was one of the first patients on a new treatment for a clinical trial. And the fun, he's very memorable because, uh, and I'm sure he'd be fine with my saying his name. His name is um, James Bond, and he was literally patient 007 in the clinical trial. <laughs> um, so, he, and, and I had an email from him today. He's been alive now to, oh, well over 20 years um, and doing well. So. But been through every single treatment there is, developed a secondary cancer, but just wrote a book, um, to help inspire other patients. So when you see patients like that, it's, it's incredibly inspiring. I can think of others, um, who, one woman who's not, who's about my age, um, she was diagnosed weeks after her fourth child was born. Um, and she's about 10 years out, has done a phenomenal job raising four kids and just perseveres, moves forward. And, I, I, you know, I can't imagine at times how challenging it must be knowing that you have this, you know, looming over you, but just moving on say, look, I got to be a good mom. I, I got to be there for my kids. I got to do whatever it takes.
2: Yeah, life definitely moves on. And, you know, it, these are stories of strength that are good for you to be able to draw off of. And you see just what amazing people these are. that They, they can have this, like you said, hanging over them, but they still press on in life. That's so amazing.
4: It is. It, it's so inspirational. And, and as I said, just meeting so many different people from so many different walks of life. Um, and yet they're they're bound by this this thing that they they you know would never wish upon anyone else. Um, but seeing, you know, as I mentioned, all those patients who raise their hand to be part of research, who raise their hand to be part of clinical trials, we have a program called the Myeloma Mentors for a patient who's newly diagnosed or a patient who may be about to undergo an experimental treatment, they want to match, you know, be matched with someone who Share similar characteristics or similar experience, or even live in the same area. Um, those patients raise their hand to be mentors for other patients, and it's it's amazing. They they have a lot to deal with on their own, but they really do want to give back at the same time.
1: And uh, so, this is just like I mentioned, such an important topic. Where can people go to learn more about uh, the MMRF and my a multiple myeloma.
4: So certainly our website um, and it can be reached by typing in either multiplemyeloma.org or the mmrf.org. Um but if you just type in multiple myeloma into your search engine, we should come up toward the top. You can also follow us on social media. Doesn't matter what your favorite one is, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. Um, whatever your preference is, we have lots of different content and encourage, um, you know, encourage people to follow us, to find us. Uh, the funny thing is about multiple myeloma, even though it's uncommon, I, I bet those listening who haven't heard it today, within the next, who, who haven't heard it until tonight, within the next couple of weeks, you're going to meet someone or hear someone whose relative has multiple myeloma. Um, so certainly refer them to us. We also have these wonderful nurse navigators who answer patient questions, help guide them on their journey to make sure that, you know, while we're pushing forward on new treatments, we're also helping patients make the best decisions, find the right doctors, understand their test results, find the right treatment, you know, whatever they may need.
1: You know, last time that we talked, And you mentioned that uh, you guys had a common initiative, fundraising and other events. Do you have any uh, schedule for 2021 that uh, our listening audience can be a part of and support?
4: So it's, it it is interesting in a, you know, normal year, we have something like 12 or 15 5 Ks around the country. Um, We do marathons and triathlons. We have, um, patients and, and doctors and family members climbing mountains. Um, but with COVID, all of that's been on hold for over a year. We're hoping, we're hoping to bring back a number of 5Ks um, in the fall. In the meantime, we do have some virtual programs. Um, we have Move for Myeloma. So basically, whatever is your exercise of choice, you can sign up and um, track your, your progress and, and have your friends donate. We have cooking for a cure. So if you're interested in learning how to cook, all of this is available on our website as well, all these different options. And then certainly if you live in one of the cities where we're doing a 5k in the fall or in 2022. Those are amazing events where you have sometimes thousands of people coming out, patients, family members, even families of of patients who have passed away who are still coming out to support the cause.
1: Wow. You know, we're coming down to the last uh, couple of minutes of the show, really last minute of the show, and you've been a fantastic guest. How can uh, our listener audience reach out and get more information on uh, what uh, uh, they can do to support? I know you just explained that one. And how can they reach out to you personally to uh, get the information? So...
4: um if you visit our web, find I'd say the best way is probably find us on social media. Type my name in there, and and you'll be connected directly to me. Um, we are a twenty four seven organization. I said it at the beginning. Patients are the center of everything we do, um, and we take patient questions um, predominantly our nurses, but really all of us twenty four seven. So please, if you have any questions, any concerns, do not hesitate to reach out to me personally or to the foundation.
1: And I want to uh, thank you so much for taking time to come on the show. I know it's past your bedtime, and, but uh, <laughs> this is uh, was such a topic that we need to discuss. So, uh, hey, thank you so much. I would love to have you back on again and in the near future if you have time. You know, so thank you. i like to thank my, uh, co-host, Michelle Cooley, you know, who's going to be heading to New York tomorrow. i like to thank my fantastic, uh, producer, director, every, anything you want to call Noah. Yeah, he's all of that. Most Just important. Just never call I, <laughs> me
2: late for dinner, James.
1: <laughs> <And> most important, <laughs> i like to thank my listening audience for taking the time to listening on the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Uh, Just keep in mind, we're always looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring great messages and great stories that uh, Ann shared with us tonight. We'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. See you tomorrow.
0: Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley.